Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. Step back and breathe, do a lot more self-talk, you know, especially if you're the head of something, you know, you really want to take care of yourself and people are relying on you. I think if you can overcome yourself, I think you can really overcome anything. My name is Esprit Devora, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create The Women in Tech Show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. I call it actionable empowerment. Every single episode, you'll hear the story of a fantastic woman in tech, from engineers to founders to investors to journalists to designers, all sorts of different females in tech who have thrived. I want to share their stories with you so that you can know what resources, mentors, and life situations they accessed in order to get to where they are today. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Women in Tech podcast, celebrating extraordinary women in tech all around the world. And today I have Tanya here in Seattle, Washington. Hello. Hello, hello. So before you even introduce yourself and tell us about your incredible tech company, I want to know what you're holding in your hand. I'm holding Homer uh, sitting on a donut, zened out with his eyes closed. And I feel zen looking at him. Yeah, you do. He's dope. He's indulgent, but he's okay with it. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about your company. Okay. Uh, hello, I'm Tanya from Techquateries. Um, Tanya Marunk from Techquateries. Um, my company started in 2013 in New York. I'm here in Seattle now. We moved here in 2016, and we provide friendly tech support for individuals and small businesses. I'm so excited about this. Okay, I have tons of questions. One, cool. can you... Sp- spell it for us yeah the domain name yeah yeah so it's like secretaries only with tech so t-e-c-h-r-e-t-a-r-i-e-s.com perfect so everybody can like look you up right away and of course we'll include in the show notes and everywhere else okay so you make it cost effective for me to have tech support and not bother my best friend who's a developer all the time exactly (laughs) not uh yeah we replace family members (laughs) friends um i don't want to shout out to best buy or anything like geek squad even um apple geniuses apple creatives you know essentially we're supplemental support when you can't get it or when you've googled you've exhausted your google options you can bring us in and okay, so I've seen similar things. I am not going to talk about your friendly competitors, but why Techquateries and not them? Um, I think because we are first and foremost friendly. So we really pride ourselves on patience, kindness. These are our core values. And um, I don't always see that happening as a core value for, um, for other companies. Uh, we we just make that a priority first, and um, you know we work with a wide uh, range of people. So I've worked with twenty uh, one year olds to eighty nine year olds. You know, so um, the other advantage I think is that we we can come into your home, 
uh, for individuals. We will actually come be on call and, and go to your home and and support you in that way. So that's really different. Yeah. That's high level service. Yeah. You're in, you're in the comfort of your own home. You're learning at your own keyboard or at your own um, iPad or whatever it may be. Wait a minute. Wait. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. Hold on. What? Like when my mom calls me. Mm-hmm. And wants me to do something that I find so annoying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Can I get her a tecretary so I don't yes. have to do it? 100%. Yeah. Come on. And <laughs> totally, totally. And that's that's what we've experienced this whole time is like, if you Google tecretary in the yeah. Urban Dictionary, it actually yeah. says, oh, that person you can call to hook up your TV or your, yeah. you know, any little tech issue. And I remember back when we first started the company, of course, you know, you're starting a company, you're researching names like Matt. I'm like, how is this name not taken? All I found was a blog post of somebody who was married, who was talking about being the in-home secretary for his family. Yeah. And it was a guy too. It wasn't even a woman. It was a guy. And uh, I was like, okay, there's there's something to this. And the funniest thing was also that we we were looking for the trademark for secretary and somebody had taken cyberterry, which is terrifying. That name is not friendly at all. Right. Right. Um, and so we were like, okay, we, we've got something. And when yeah. I say we, it's my husband and I, he's, yeah. he's my partner. Oh, I can't wait to ask you about that, yeah. but that's later. Okay. Sure. So what can Tecretary handle for me? Like what kind of tech situations are we talking about helping me with my WordPress site? Are we talking about helping me, um, what, helping my mom when she doesn't know how to open Microsoft word? Mm-hmm. Are we talking mm-hmm. about how to get the TV to press to power on like what yeah, are totally. we talking yeah yeah it's it's sort of all of the above um you know we have really great a really great partner network um so it's things that we can't do we can partner out like locally in seattle we have you know four or five other partners that we can partner out with but usually the core of it is we walk into someone's house and you know the internet's dead the printer won't connect their computer for some reason is acting up um their Sonos is off. Um, you know, it really is a wide range of things that we can cater to. Yeah. And I don't say yes when I can't do it. You know, I'll right. say, no, sorry, we don't cover that. Or, you know, we don't have experience in right. that and we'll partner out. So, like, for example, um, someone had an issue with Comcast. You know, call Comcast. Right. You know, I'm not I'm not going to go in there and, and try to try to rewire your house. Yeah. Um, but I would say that there really isn't a huge limitation to what we can do. Um, and we're, I think the, the goal of what we do is really, or the hardest part is really finding out what the issue is from the customer or the client, Mm -hmm. you know, sort of translating, you know, cause they're, they don't necessarily speak tech. So they're going to be like, my thingy majiggy doesn't do the thing thing, you know, and they're going to talk like that. And you're like, okay, so you're sort of suss out the problem. So I think, that's really the advantage of bringing us in is that and how about like things like web development and stuff Mm -hmm. or remote work do you guys do that as well totally so when we started in new york um the in-home wasn't as popular uh we found that small businesses who didn't have an it department didn't have a huge um it budget and it is really kind of like web and um and tech right? right Um, so we work with a lot of businesses and we do work remotely and that work, you know, web development, uh, SEO, um, we don't do social media management. I think that's the only thing we probably don't do. Um, big things that uh, businesses especially like is when they're starting up their business. Yeah. Getting all that found, all that groundwork laid out. Mm-hmm. It, Wait, what, like what do. groundwork? Oh, oh, like picking your domain, setting up hosting, setting up the website, 
setting up your email. If you have multiple employees, setting those up, setting up the aliases for the emails, you know, because you have those. Like, how much would that cost me? Like, what's the range? And I'm sure, because depending yeah. on the service, I'm sure the prices are all, all over the place. So what am sure. I looking at? Like, what can you share yeah. so people have an idea? Yeah. Oh, I'm more than comfortable sharing. So hourly rate is 150 What we do is we, we budget out the project. Usually most businesses are comfortable starting with, let's say, uh, I would say 10 to 20 hours, depending on how big you are, to sort of get that foundation, as I was saying, laid. Um, lots of companies are comfortable with doing five-hour increments, which, which we can do. We're really flexible with our with our um, payments. Like yeah. We're not, we're not uh, we can, you know, lots of the relationships that we've had with, with clients are over years, you know, so. How many people have you served? Uh, <laughs> I was thinking about that question before uh-huh. I came in. Um, I would say it's probably at like 200. It's nice. Since 2013. Yeah. And do you work primarily in New York and Seattle? Or are you in various cities around the U.S.? Uh, primarily New York, Seattle. Um, we also have uh, lots of clients in L.A., West Coast represent, especially <laughs> since we came to Seattle. We've got tons of L.A. clients. Um, and then we have some out of Chicago and... Um, We've also, uh, since we can work remotely, we've worked um, in Abu Dhabi and um, London. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And oh, before I forget, is this your first podcast that you've been on? Yes. <laughs> Thank you guys, how exciting is that? How exciting is that? So I was telling I was telling Juliet, who was on the interview before you, that um, a lot of people, this is their first show, um, but then a lot of people listening assume that we speaking have life mastered. Sure. And so I just want to share that amazing, you know, stat with everybody. I want to ask it publicly more. Totally. I, I find out all the time, like I'll end the recording and the guest will be like, that was my first podcast. Was I okay? Yeah. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. Totally. Like, yeah. So well, really I have, exciting. I think the advantage of, of me as a person in tech, a woman in tech, if you want to say, um, is I am rather extroverted. You know, yeah. So I don't mind being on things like this. Yeah. Uh, and I found out about you through Collective Chemistry. Shout out to Collective Chemistry For in sure. Seattle. And, you know, all I heard was women podcasts. And I was like, yes, sign me up. I didn't even look you up. I was just like, sign me up. Because oh, so it's cool. exciting. Let's give a proper shout out to Collective Chemistry. Can you tell us a little bit about it and yeah. how we connected? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Collective Chemistry is co-working spaces on First Avenue in Pioneer Square. It's a group of super creative individuals in uh, photography, video, and they're just, they're amazing. They're doing things like 360 video, virtual uh, virtual reality and it is uh, Jay McCullen and Adam Knight they uh, started it back I think in uh, 2010 I might be getting that wrong but <laughs> it's been a while and they're just super nice and they foster creativity it's a great networking space and uh, they also hold meetups so check them out nice okay so getting back to Tecretaries and yes. you one thing you brought up is that your co-founder is your husband yes so how do you balance that when do you guys stop talking about work what yeah uh, for others who aspire to have the same kind of setup how yes. can you create that in a healthy way well yeah the first thing I would recommend is don't do it that's what I would Got recommend it. okay <laughs> so put that in your head that it's hard yeah you know um the second thing I would recommend is having really strict roles you know the thing that we didn't do when we first started out I'm gonna talk, probably talk more about what we didn't do yeah than what we did. and one thing before yeah. you actually start I just want to say because you're adamantly saying don't do it and we all 
I just want to enforce, we all have our own life journeys. Yeah. So just because Tanya suggests don't do it, you still have to find out what's right for you because other people have a story that's been wonderful. And then a lot of people are like, Tanya, like, don't do it. Yeah. I am actually of the same mindset of you that I'm like, I don't think I'd want yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so, but remember to find your own story and what's right for, for how you want to live your life. But yeah. with that, you can hear these awesome insights from all of us and what's yeah. worked and what hasn't worked. So go for it. Totally. Yeah. I would say don't do it. But then I would piggyback that by saying, if you really want to strengthen your relationship and test your relationship and see what, what really is the resilience of your relationship, then do it. Go for it. Yeah. Um, he, but what I would say is I do not regret it for a single second. Um, I think what did they say about like behind every great man is a great woman. Right? Yeah. I think it's the opposite with me. Aww. I just, he's a great guy. His name's Daniel Tribble. You can Google him, <laughs> check him out. Um, he's, he's a super creative person. Yeah. He's got everything that I don't. So there was a nice yin and yang going on, but that's also why I think we, we butted heads a lot was that we were so different. Yeah. Um, so we learned a lot about each other's differences and, um, you know, he was really, uh, fundamental in building, the brand, building the backbone in the business. He came up with the name. Uh, I have a short like side story with that. Yeah, tell me. Um, so I was working at a company called Blank Blank in New York. And um, it was an interesting scenario because I was hired as a web designer. And then they started throwing me, hey, do you know G Suite? Hey, do you know Amazon? And I was like, yes. But then at night I would be like Googling and just yeah. figuring it out. I was total, total on job training. I just said yes to everything because I was so hungry. It's very for it. unusual. Uh. It's not, it's not a normal. Um, anyway, go ahead. Yeah, it's yeah. very unusual. Yeah. Well, I, I just, um, yeah, I just, Long story short, yeah. I'd sort of had it with just like pick little pickup jobs. Yeah. You know, I really yeah. wanted to get into something. Yeah. So yeah, so I asked a lot of questions. I Googled. I just did a lot of research, stayed late hours, and I came to my husband. I was like, "What am I? I'm like web designer, tech support. Yeah. You know, helping them set up their phones and all this." And he was like, "You're a tech secretary." And in my gut, I was like, "That is disgusting. I hate that." Every part of me, <laughs> the feminist part of me, was like, "I'm not a damn secretary, right?" <laughs> But it stuck with me. Yeah. And when I eventually left that job and I was sort of unemployed and I was wavering, uh, Tecretary started by just accepting that about myself. Yeah. Being like, yeah, that is me and taking ownership of that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so he came up with the name. So I totally credit him for that. Anyway, back to him and I. Um, so yeah, so it was many hard years. We um, put ourselves in a single room because we downsized and just like, we lived in our friend's house and we, yeah. our rent was super cheap and we were just like in the pressure cooker. Right. You know, and we learned so much about ourselves. Oh man, so much came up. So like, if that's something that you're looking to discover, like if you're like somebody who likes to do like peyote and ayahuasca, and <laughs> just like take it to the next level. I totally recommend, you know, doing that because you're going to learn so much about yourself. And also, um, I think that businesses grow through diversity. Mm -hmm. And so he, since he was so different from me, um, I think that our business grew in a in really interesting way that I don't think I would have done on my own. How do you, how do you know when to be wife 
versus yeah. when to be business partner. That was the hardest part. It really was. Um, the interesting thing is that I I think you have to keep wife all the time because kindness. Oh my God, it's got to be so kindness, hard. Yeah, kindness is most important. Kindness and patience. You know, when we had the challenges, it was when we were potentially losing money. It was like, oh shit, you know. Yeah. Um, can I swear? Yeah, swear? it's a podcast. Cool. Yeah. Right. Oh. <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, it was like, oh shit, you know, we're losing money. And so the pressure was on. And yeah. so if you start ripping each other apart because it's all business, yeah. you're not going to survive. Yeah. Um, and I did that many times. Totally going to admit it. I am a beast. Yeah. Um, and I had to learn that about myself, that I'm a beast. And that, you know, a beast can be a good thing yeah. right? when used in, in the right settings. Um, but a beast, when you're trying to solve problems and um take care of one another and take care of each other's you know potentially fragile egos right i think that's when the wife comes into play the kindness the love should come first and i bring my heart to my business as well i know that you that's something that you that you care about doing little research on you um i think that's something that people appreciate the internet's told you they let out my secret (laughs) oh no she has a heart um but that's that's something my my clients appreciate about me thank you thank you so much for being just so nice and yeah. patient and so going through that experience however tumultuous has really made me a better person and so i think putting the wife first is important it's like i think that's maybe where people get mixed up is they put the wife second and they put the business first that's and very interesting that's just not reality i love that insight and kind of playing off that insight moving into a different area of the conversation but the, the same concept you talked about being nice. Mm-hmm. This is something that, as you researched, I struggle with because, yes, I, I'm a, a heart-driven leader. Yeah. Um, and the examples that we have out there are you have to be ruthless and you have to step on others in order to get ahead. I yeah. have witnessed how people get ahead that way. Yeah. I choose not to be that way. Yeah. But then I have a hard time understanding where nice stops and boundaries start. Right. Yeah. I mean, what suggestions or, or kind of point of view do you have on how to be a, a business leader that is kind, who does not get stepped on? Yeah. That learned, that took me a while too. Right. Because you're thinking about your bottom line. Yeah. Uh, you're thinking about your time and I think you just have to prioritize you know, what are your priorities? And and for me, it ebbs and flows every day. Um, you know, I may stay later with a client because I think they need it. Um, and I think if you lead with your heart first and you're patient with yourself and others, mm-hmm. that's the other thing, too, is I think that the patience thing is is a little bit hard. But if yeah. you're patient, um, I think you good things do come. Um, but you have to wait, and sometimes you have to get stepped on in the meantime. But you have to know that when you're stepped on, that's not your value. You know, you 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 hold your value, your own value. Yeah. Right? Uh, just because people are stepping on you doesn't mean you're valueless or you're any yeah. less valuable. Um, I just I think a good, to go back to my therapist, I just emotional boundaries are super important. If yeah. you're feeling stepped on, say it. Well, no, not just that. Like I heard recently that companies purposely don't pay you. Um, hoping to keep the money in their bank mm. and then they actually will never pay you unless you threaten to sue them. Oh, okay. And unless you get an attorney. 
the funny thing is, I was actually talking to Danny about this before I came in, is I kind of live on the outlines. Your husband? Yeah, okay. Danny's my husband. I kind of live on the outskirts of business because I'm, because we're a small company, um, because we started in our own way, on our own rules, on our own terms, and we actually did come out of corporate environments or relatively corporate, yeah. they're like medium-sized businesses, yeah. corporate environments where that kind of stuff was happening. Um so I don't come in contact with it. I just I just don't even deal with it. You know, I I don't even um, it's give, not it, a- give it a chance to happen. You know, cli- wow. like in my experience, it's usually it usually comes with bad clients, clients who are looking for more time yeah. but less money, right? I just don't work with them. I just cut them out of my life. That's so in. I love that. That, that took a long time, but it's not worth your effort. What's going to happen is you're going to spend so much energy dealing with that person or company or whatever that you're going to be exhausted and you're taking time away from the people that matter. I love this. So what you're saying, if I'm understanding you correctly, is like you have a baseline of a 115 hour, depending on on the case, but like, right. And, and now, uh, Mr. X like comes in, he's like, can you do the same thing for 75 an hour? And you're like, no, no. Is that pretty much? Yeah, that's pretty much it. There's a great company. I, I don't remember their name, but there's a development company that their whole motto is don't give discounts. Because what happens is that kind of client is going to be a royal pain the whole time. They're going to be seeing what else they can get from you. It's kind of like a toddler. Yeah. I just try to think of clients like little kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. little yeah. kids once. It's a little kid, you know? Yeah. If you're a little kid a cookie, they don't have the self-control to be like, that's quite enough. Thank you very much for the single cookie. Yeah. They're going to keep asking for a cookie. So I kind of think of, of clients, you know, and if you're a mother, that helps you in business, right? You're like, oh, yeah. I can think of my clients as children. Yeah. Perfect. You know, I kind of think of them that way. So and, they're going to keep taking. And is a discount different than a promotion? Because yes. you instigate the promotion? 100%. So can you walk us through yeah. that? Because pricing is such a sticky, weird yeah. thing and value, everything. The whole conversation we're having right now, it's it's hard as, yeah. as in running a business to totally. manage all these types of relationships. Right. And there's a lot of different ways you can approach it. I will start by saying that Danny, my husband, yeah. was super critical in helping me ask for what I was worth. And I wanted to get to the point where I felt like that was my value. That right. 150 was my value, and I offer, you know, 150 dollars worth of value. Right, 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 right. It took me a while. I started with 20 dollars an hour, you know, and I was like super cheap. You know, I'd come yeah. from, you know, I'd come from a retail environment. I'd come from a salaried job, where, yeah. as I told you, I worked, you know, way too many hours. Yeah. And I was probably at that job. I was probably nine dollars an hour or something because yeah. of all the hours I put in. But it was worth it. And, uh, you know, Danny, he came from um, a previous job where he was basically commission based and he could ask for, you know, whatever he wanted from the client. And depending on how they were dressed and, and so forth, like, you know, you can ask for a different yeah. price. So anyway, uh, he pushed and pushed and pushed and kept bumping the price and bumping the price and bumping the price until it was like it kind of just coalesce and it was like okay yes my value is at this point we're getting the, and it's kind of like a fun game yeah too. You're like maybe let me see if i can get 150 out of this person yeah right? so here's what i would say about pricing is um a lot of my partners and friends and i'm going to send this to them and they'll probably be nodding their heads um pricing you want to think about the value to the client and i think that's the only time that i'll give discounts if it's a really small company and i believe in them i'll give a discount because 
that's my prerogative. I'm or a promotional owner. price. Sure. Yeah. yeah, promotional. Pr- I think promotions are great for hooking people in and yeah. for marketing, you know, getting new clients. Yeah. Um, but you want to think about, you know, how you're going to bump them up to the rate that right. you want. Yeah. Um, which is why now it's like baseline 150. Because I used to do the discount thing and, and right. it was just a headache to manage everybody's yeah. rates. And it's yeah. much easier just to be like, this is the rate. Because what happens is I'm referral based. Yeah. And so if I refer somebody out who I gave the cut rate to, they're yeah. going to potentially tell them that price. And then down the chain, down the line, everybody's going to want that same price. Yeah. Same discounted price. It's going to be harder to get people up. So, and for me, I always just want to charge everybody the same thing mm-hmm. because I feel like it's a, a fair thing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And that's easier for you to manage as a yeah. business owner. But another way to look at it is flat fees, value based to the client. You know, um, a lot of designer friends of mine, you know, they're thinking about logo design. There's that great YouTube video logo, like just YouTube it. It's like logo, uh, how to decide your logo rate or something. Carl, Carl, look it up and make sure to include that in the show notes for us. It's a great video about rates. And all he does is he puts the Nike swoosh up and he goes, you know, how much do you think that do they charge for that? You know, and that Nike swoosh is, oh man, the return is in the billions. Most likely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you want to think about that when you're pricing. You want to be like, what is the value to the client? How much are they going to get out of this? You know, what is the risk involved if, you know, if they don't do this? What did Nike pay for the switch? Do you know? No, I don't. He doesn't say. I don't think he says. But with logo design, you know, you can do $800. You can do $10,000. You know, you can do uh, as much or as little as you want. And depending on the person's expertise, it could take them 10 minutes. It could take them three months. Right. So the whole thing with the hourly rate and this is something that it works for me because um, especially with the in-home stuff. And if I'm two hours there, that makes sense to the client. They're like, OK, perfect. You know, we'll we'll charge for the two hours. And that's right. great. But when it's project based, that's when you can start to think about the value that it is to the client. Right? Mm-hmm. That's when you can mix in your expertise the value to the client and get a price based on that because if you're doing hourly and you're a super fast so i'm super fast you know i'm building um, websites doing seo that type of thing if i'm super fast i'm almost undercutting myself by putting in an hourly rate you know mm-hmm. um, whereas if i did sort of a flat project-based fee then um i can maybe set it a little bit higher yeah. and just focus on the value totally deliverables Totally. And I think this is great for all the engineers and designers listening that are working for themselves right now, not knowing where to price themselves. A a ton of people price themselves at $35 an hour, $20 an hour, like you having to hear, you know, how you bumped up your rates and how your husband was so supportive in that journey is really inspiring. Um, Getting back to focus on technology itself, when did you first realize that you were passionate about technology? Yeah, that's an interesting one. And I think this is going to be something that's probably inspiring for, for people listening because... I wasn't actually tech savvy like growing up. So uh, I have this one story that I started going back to because I started doing in-home work for older people. So I started thinking about my grandmother. And I remember when I was eight years old, she took me to Casual Corner in the mall and she was opening up the store. She, you know, she, had, she was a manager there. And the printer broke down and she didn't know what to do. And I was eight years old and I just remember fixing it like what you know looking back on that and she was like in awe yeah and so you could say it started there but then when you fast forward you know i got on aol chat when i was like 11 you know when they were handing out those cds and then i had like a flip phone through high school right and then it really wasn't until college i went to school for film you know um didn't go for computer science or anything like that 
Um, went to school for film. And I think it started there because there was a big revolt in the class. Um, they didn't want to do 16mm anymore because HD in the consumer world had just changed over and it was super affordable. Right. So we were all about the HD. And I think that's where it started, where I started getting passionate. And I had a boyfriend at the time, shout out to Carlos Ferrer, he's a filmmaker, he's awesome, um, who introduced me to web design. Flash. No. Yeah. Right? It was all this boyfriend that int- it's all this crazy. Boy stuff. Yeah, totally. I mean, he was. I was like, hey, I need a website for um, for my film, and he was all self taught. I'm yeah. an autodidact too. I'm totally self taught. Everything I know, I'm, you know, just asking, learning, keeping my ears and eyes open, and and failing tremendously. Right. And uh, I was like, I need a flash site, and he was the only one that I knew that knew how to do it, and so he showed me. And then it was, I just like caught the bug from there. Yeah. And also it was a little out of necessity too, where I was like, oh, this can make money. You know, this is nice. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so um, it just kind of grew from there where I just, you know, kept teaching myself, kept making money and it was great. But it really was when I started Techretaries was when I got super passionate about technology because I saw the effect that it had on people. Yeah. I saw that I could see somebody's face go from super grumpy to like smiling and laughing. Right. That's where the passion lies for me. That's it right there is when I could totally change somebody's experience through technology. And especially now, I yeah. just bought a business. Um, it was called iGeek Training. I just bought it in, in April. And it's a whole client list of older people who are like out to pasture with all this stuff. Like they don't know how to Google it. Yeah. They go into the Apple store. They get super frustrated or their time runs out. and They're like, right. next. So they bring a secretary in. And they just light up when you show them like the smallest thing. You yeah, know? that would the, be my mom. <laughs> yeah, the, the littlest thing. They just yeah. they just glow. Yeah. And so I'm super passionate about the effect that technology has on people. Like I'm totally going to be the one who's like in favor of robots and like right there, like trying to yeah. figure out how we can make robots friendly and and work with us. And like I just I totally believe in all that stuff. I have like future plans about AIs and stuff, just because I think like it can really make the world a a nicer, a nicer place if we program it. And right. you talked about buying a business. How did you buy a business? I bought a business. Um, like, how do you find it to buy it? And, this is a crazy yeah. story, actually. BNI is a business group. Uh, it's an international thing. There's a local chapter, Madison Marketeers. Shout out to them. Um, I it was totally happenstance. I went to this hemp oil thing uh, through an acupuncturist who's a member there, Devorah Levy. Um, and she brought me this hemp oil thing and then I got sent to a, an event and I met Mari Falsetto who's uh, in her alchemy in the West Seattle I'm going to her right after this and she um, was like I was like hey I noticed when I google you it sends me around the corner and she's like oh yeah I know I was like do you have tech support it's like my number one question yeah. right? and it's always through problem solving right um, and she was like, you know, I do, um, but she's leaving us to go to New York and she's selling her business. And I was like, what? That's crazy. Really? Yeah. And it was all kind of this like serendipitous sort of like feel to it. Right. Sort of like faded destiny kind yeah, of feel to totally. it. Totally. And Danny like nudged me. He was like, you should buy it. And I was like, what? Buy a business? You're insane. Right. Cause my, my, you know, we've been doing well for ourselves. Yeah. I wasn't really on the lookout for that. And so I emailed her and I texted her. She got back to me the same day. Her name is Erica O'Kane. Her business was iGeek Training. Um, and she's amazing. And uh, she got back to me and was like, uh, actually, my other deal fell through. Do you want to have dinner? Yeah. And the next day we had dinner and we just hit it off. And all she was looking for, yeah. baseline, was somebody she could trust to take care of her clients. That's it. That's all she cared about. 
And so I love she, the heart behind that. Yeah. And so when she met me, I was like, yeah, I'll take care of your clients. Like, that's all I care about. Yeah. You know? And uh, I think, you know, just a side note, I think if you live that way, I think the money will come. I love it. Yeah. So that's how we bought the business. And um, just, you know, a sort of fact-based way of thinking about it. Um, I gave her a small upfront, and we do a percentage every month for, um, for a, a set period of time. And, uh, you know, that was a hard deal to work out again, because it was like, man, you're a super nice person. I yeah. want to give you all this money. But then of course, Danny, he's like, you know, my, my backbone, yeah. he's like, he's like, don't take more than, uh, you know, yeah, X yeah. about, right. And he's yeah. like pushing me, pushing me. And I was like, you know what? I got to make sure I do the right thing. She walks away happy. But, um, she got some advice from a real estate friend who was like, if both people are unhappy, it's a good deal. If both people are unhappy, <laughs> yeah. if I think it's too high, and she thinks it's too low. Oh, that's that's interesting. Yeah. That's so interesting. And it it was, it was total reassurance because we both wanted to go for happy. Yeah. But if you're going for happy, it's like that could just be infinite. So a little bit of unhappiness and maybe have yourself a good deal. Um, I love this question too. What's one obstacle you've successfully overcome and what did you learn from it? Uh, Myself. Totally. (laughs) <laughs> totally I love that answer um, and myself without going too deep into it uh, was mental health I was mental health awareness month oh is it I didn't know that I didn't know that either people keep telling me <laughs> so I uh, you know at first it was like oh it's the pressure oh it's the stress oh it's this oh it's that and then when we got to Seattle I decided to go get some some help and I got diagnosed manic uh, what is it? Bipolar disorder, um, mood disorder, right? And that kind of helped the journey. And I think what that allowed me to do, and I still struggle with this, is just like step back and breathe, do a lot more self-talk, um, and be able to put myself first. Um, still struggle with that, but I think it's important, you know, especially if you're the head of something. You know, you really want to take care of yourself, and people are relying on you. And instead of letting that pressure crumble you, you yeah. know, step forward and be like, I need a break. Yeah. You know? And uh, that was that was the hardest thing. And uh, I definitely have uh, Danny to thank for supporting me throughout that, too. Like I said, I was a beast and yeah. he put up with a lot. Um, but I think I think if you can overcome yourself, I think you can really overcome anything. I think I think it's really powerful that you share that because I. Even without having a disorder, being a founder is really grueling. Yeah, and um, and we don't share it. We're not open about it in oh, our yeah. world. Everybody looks like they're perfect and they have everything mastered. And totally. so to be open about it and to to sh- be an example of someone who has a supportive husband who is accepting and to be someone who has overcome this challenge and. Uh, like uh, raise your own self-awareness to be like here's how i can be my best self i love it thank you for sharing that you're welcome yeah yeah okay last questions one where can people connect with you online oh yeah um you can email me tanya at com. we have uh actually we have uh, uh and can you spell it for us one sure, more time? sure. Yeah. it's t-e-c-h dot com, And you spell your first name T-A-N-Y-A. That's right. Yeah. So you can email me Tanya at techwithtaries.com. I would also suggest we have a schedule button which connects to my online calendar. I suggest people just signing up for a 15-minute call with me. We can work it out. Awesome. Set up an appointment. Uh, talk about a project. Talk about tech. Whatever you'd like to do. Awesome. Love it. And your favorite book? Favorite book. 
Oh, dang. You know, it's not even in tech. It's uh, Margaret Atwood's Edible Woman. It was so pivotal for me when I was in college growing up, you know, just like tra- my second puberty, you know, <laughs> transforming. It was so pivotal. Um, and I, I love her. I think. I what is it about? Oh, Edible Woman is about a young woman who uh, is in a relationship. So it's set in 1969. She's in a relationship with someone that she doesn't really want to be in. And she's sort of torn as a woman. And it's this metaphor runs along through it where she starts getting... Uh, uh, she starts kind of turning away from things like eggs because it reminds her of like her ovaries and like you know so like, it's like totally sci-fi yeah. out and yeah. weird and and gnarly but it's um it's it it has a really great ending and I think a lot of young women can relate to it and your favorite tech tool it could be hardware app oh website. you know what um okay there's a lot of them yeah um but the one that seems to really get people giddy is um, my iFixit toolkit. Uh, where I can just like bust open a Mac, replace the RAM, replace the hard drive, what? and like yeah, <laughs> get out. Yeah, you just you just get uh, like three more years out of it. So yeah, if you need a computer upgrade, feel free to. Are you being serious? Oh my gosh, yeah. I wish you were in LA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can bust it open and it it'll be done in like two hours. Oh my god! Next time great. you come to LA, okay? Yeah, yeah. Oh yes, yeah, yes. I'm down. Like yes, let's do it. Let's yeah. line, line them up. <laughs> I have you, one more thing. Yeah, Can I say one more thing. Yes, please. I am looking for tech critiques. So amazing. If you have related to what I've said, and if you feel like maybe you don't have quite a niche, maybe you feel intimidated. You're not a software developer. You're not a web developer, but you're that person that people go to. Um, and you're looking to um, get hired full time and come on this journey with me of growing this maybe you really like the color orange you know (laughs) that's my branding um but yeah if you're a friendly person in tech um you've related to what i've said i would love to meet you and and talk with you and if you're not based in seattle um i think that's okay we could probably set up something remotely and where should they reach out uh, you can go online and uh, submit the contact form or just email Tanya at Techretaries. I don't mind putting my number out there. You can text me at 206-486-2660. Love it. And we'll include everything in the show notes. Um, make sure uh, to reach out if you want that amazing opportunity to work for a heart-driven company, solving people's tech problems left and right so they could be all sparkly and go about their day and not be all frustrated and (laughs) (laughs) i know that feeling totally why won't this work (laughs) thank you so much for hanging out with the women in tech podcast thank you so much for having me lovely and homer thank you (laughs) (laughs) we could shake hands too i was like homer thank you for hanging out with the women in tech podcast sending us out i you were awesome homer says thank you (laughs) (laughs) remember to connect with more extraordinary women in tech on the women in tech facebook group at women in tech vip.com that's women in tech vip.com takes you straight there or uh and or say hello on women in tech socials at women in tech show on twitter on instagram on facebook i will see you guys talk to you guys hear you guys in the next episode bye I'm Tanya Murung, co-founder of Techretaries, based in Seattle, Washington. We provide tech support to individuals and small businesses, and you're listening to Women in Tech. Women in Tech is an independently funded project funded by you, the community. 
So the way that you could support us is by going to patreon.com slash women in tech and making a small contribution. Every little bit counts. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash women in tech. Thank you so much for believing in our vision. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.